Hi, welcome to the Unexpected Experts podcast. This is the Upload Download, a more laid back conversation about our perspectives on any number of topics as an upload to you and the things we are reading, learning and downloading ourselves. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Andrea, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I am doing. We, you are doing. Uh, please, please elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really to elaborate. Just, just another day in the life? Just another day. We're on summer mode here. Two teachers means that both teachers are home for the summer, which is great. Um, but it also means I have zero clue what day of the week it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i i was just asking you before we hit record like how was your weekend and you were like it was a weekend <laughs> all the every days day just is, blur together i, I said that to matt a little while ago like every day feels like it's sunday and he was like ah, oh, let's make every day in july feel like it's saturday and then when we switch to august then every day can be sunday and i was like Ooh, oh that's okay. fun that's good yeah. i like that mm-hmm. speaking of teaching actually are you going back in the fall to to not teach in the, not in the fall but i'll go back hopefully in january okay gotcha mm-hmm. that's when your mat leave is up my mat leave isn't actually up until april okay. but it's hard it's hard to get any sort of a contract like halfway okay. through a semester so it makes sense i'm gonna try and get one at the beginning of a semester so we'll see i'm crossing my fingers and my toes yeah yep yep because uh mama needs to pay them bills you know well mama just doesn't want to sub anymore <laughs> that's fair <laughs> That's fair. I am, yeah, I am done with the subbing, but yeah, what's new with you? Um, what is new? Not a ton, but I've had kind of a busy week. Mostly just going to Stampede as often as I can, so that takes up a lot of evenings. Right. Um, I was thinking, like, I, I was hoping to go on Saturday night, but I was just so wiped from work mm. and from the day and I, I didn't end up going but I went yesterday um so I guess today which is the Monday so it'll be quite a few days before this episode comes out but um today I posted a bunch of stuff on our Instagram about different things that I went and did and saw and ate and mm-hmm. watched and all of that yesterday at Stampede so that was super fun so if you saw that on Instagram then Good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You saw it. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good day. Yesterday was a ton of fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just ate a lot of good things. Uh, went on quite a few rides as well. So that was nice. a real treat. Mm-hmm. And then we saw... Uh, uh, we saw the Blue Stones, who they were the one band that I was really excited to see at Stampede this year. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Mother Mother a little bit too. Um, and I don't really know any Mother Mother, but we got to see like probably about half of their set before we decided to jet. Nice, so that was a rhyme. Fantastic. Well done. Hey, I was a <laughs> poet, and I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but no, it was, it was good. Definitely sort of in relaxing mode today. Mm-hmm. Relaxing slash podcasting mode. Like I've got mm-hmm. a load of laundry that I just finished up and then I got to go get some groceries today. 
mm-hmm. and then going to D and D tonight. So nice, pretty okay, chill day. Here's a question. My girlfriend asked me this this week, and I was like, hmm, what is the point of this question? But now I'm actually curious, so I guess it's a conversation piece. Okay. Um, with grocery shopping, yeah. are, are you um, A, a planner who, like, grocery shops for the week? B, um, a pl- like, a super planner who grocery shops for, like, two weeks? Okay. Or D, wait, C, <laughs> um, <laughs> someone who has to go back to the store frequently throughout the week because you're just sort of grabbing what you need for that meal. Oh, okay. I I feel like I'm more the first one where I plan for about a week or so. Okay. Um, but it depends. Like, I, I feel like I fall into A and C a little okay. bit. Yeah. But I will... I'll make notes of the things that I need. Like I'm, I'm almost out of eggs. And right. so I put that on my list a few days ago. Right. Or um, I'm almost out of, oh, I'm, I guess I'm out of like shredded cheese, which I use right. for a bunch of things. So I just ran out the other day. So that's on my list for today. Right. So in place of the cheese that I would use, I just cooked an entirely different breakfast today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Um. But yeah, I, I I usually go about once a week ish, maybe like once every week and a half to two weeks or so. Okay, so that's like A or B then. Yeah, that's but cool. Then, but then I make notes about things that I know I'm running low on. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, I'm on my last roll of paper towel that I just pulled out. I'll add totally. that to my list, and then I can get yeah. it next time I go to the store. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I'll run out of stuff and then I totally forget about it. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I need like coffee filters. And then I right. just buy a few things of coffee filters and then that's about it. Um, But I, I kind of plan out my quote unquote meals a little bit in that mm-hmm. I know the the main things that I usually buy and then I just put them on a list. And then, oh, if I see I'm at the store and oh, right, I got to get more onions dish soap. or something. Yeah, dish yeah, yeah, soap. yeah. yeah then yeah. I'll... And I'll go down that aisle and grab that too. But, right. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Short answer is all of the above. Long answer <laughs> is all the things I just said. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of, we fall into the, like, grab what you need for tonight's meal every once in a while. Just right. mostly because we're so lazy to actually meal plan and like to plan ahead, I guess. But, um, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard when you're not just planning for yourself that you need to like actually plan ahead so that like, cause we have to feed our kids lunch and like Maisie's right. eating food now. So like, yep. yeah, it's not as, it's not as easy to get by with the once a day sort of pickup, but we mm-hmm. do it more frequently than I think either of us would like to. Cause it's easier to just go, especially now that Matt's not at work. Like when he was at work, it was easy for him to just pop by the store on his way home. It's still sure, easy to pop yeah. by the store, but it's just like, it's not as convenient, I guess. So yeah. 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 That's fair. I've gotten into the habit lately of, well, habit. My one coworker is really good with going to Safeway on the 10% Tuesdays. Yeah, the 10% Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And so she'll tell me when the 10% Tuesdays are. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll go buy like a whole package of breakfast sausages and then I'll go get a whole pack of chicken breasts. And I, mm-hmm. I just freeze that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
you totally. know, meat and meat and whatever is so expensive these days. So any kind yeah. of savings you can get on meat is good day. definitely worth it. And then mm-hmm. I just grab a few other things that I know I will need in the future. Yeah. So. yeah. It sounds so stupid, but like, so we're out in Okotoks and I mean, to get from one end of the town to the other is like 15 minutes, basically. Um, if you don't hit a red light if you hit one red light you are hitting every single red light in town oh really (laughs) it's so frustrating um but the Safeway is like down across the river on the other side of town and so it's like quote unquote inconvenient for us (laughs) but it's it's moving um it's actually they um, built a new Safeway and so they're moving to this new Safeway and it's like right as you're coming into town which is like we're on the north side of town and so it's right as you come in now so it's much it's going to be much more convenient nice so i'm really excited i just i don't know i I love safeway and i used to shop there all the time but now with kids when i was going to do the groceries i just did click and collect at superstore so i didn't have to get out of my vehicle (laughs) well and that that is fair as a mother like Mm -hmm. i'm sure the convenience of that like you pull in you say you're here and then you open the trunk and they dump it and then you go totally yeah and also like it's out into a car seat not even that but like i know people who aren't moms and it's 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 like or even that they're they don't have like young kids to have to worry about but yeah you only have to pay well i mean we had we got the like year long subscription for it so we paid like a flat fee for the whole year and we use it every okay. week nice. um but you only have to pay i think it's like 3 or 5 dollars per visit um but like it also saves anyone you know, if you go into the grocery store and you happen to be hungry, so then you grab like five or six extra 100%. things that you didn't need. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it definitely saves us money that way. <laughs> and then it also remembers your previous purchases too. Totally. So you yeah. Just be like, oh yeah, I need but, 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 like these yeah. three things and then you yeah. know, your stuff is already done. Exactly. It's very convenient. So smart. I gotta I feel like I gotta get on the click and collect train. But I also just like walking up and down the aisles a little bit. And I usually have my earbuds in and I'm listening to sure. some good music. And so it's kind of a, a vibe for me to just go grocery shopping. <laughs> I used to like it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I it was. I remember I had a Facebook status that comes up every year around the same yeah. time. And it's like talking about how much I really enjoy grocery shopping ex- until the moment I have to hand over my debit card to tap the machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good up until that. exactly it's so nice it's it's like mildly therapeutic but i get that i get that Mm -hmm. anyways so we are starting a summer series yeah we are um which we did last year i don't even really remember what we did but last year um, was just different summer themed things like i think we had oh right like to do like summer events and summer nostalgia things to do around calgary and stuff like that too yeah i do remember that now uh but we wanted to sort of do like a learn about a subject from each other yeah or learn about a topic i guess um which is probably more fun than it is sorry is probably more fun for us than it is for other people but um hopefully you also learn something from this as well (laughs) (laughs) although i'm I'm thinking about like some other podcast episodes that i've listened that are very theme focused and right it's very informative then you really get to 
like dive deep into a topic totally that you, that you really didn't know about that could interest you and then you learn yeah. a lot about that thing yeah so in theory it's like our normal podcast episodes except for instead of having an interviewer come on it is just one of us talking to the other person yeah. <laughs> about one Being specific thing about a thing that we like talking <laughs> yeah. about or something yeah, yeah. so jmo is up today yeah. Um, and I did force him into that. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I I was I've I'm pretty much ready anyway. So, well, sink or swim, we're here. We hit record, and you're yeah. up. It's it's so, all online now. Tell us what are you going to teach us slash me about today? Um, this is an a thing that I've gotten into in the last I guess two years. Um. And it all started with a Netflix series called mm. Drive to Survive. And it's th this whole series is all about uh, the topic that I'm going to be teaching you about today, which is Formula One. Um, so the, the AKA Drive to Survive, F1. F1, yeah, Formula One. Look, um, at, I've learned stuff already. There we go. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show, Drive to Survive, pretty well follows a full season of a formula one calendar year so the gotcha. first race will be in like january or february and then the last race to rest last race will be typically november or so so it's following the first race of the season all the way through um every race until the last one and then there's different stories and things that they try and pull out through each race as well so watching that show i got super into it and um you know, you get interviews with the drivers, you get interviews with the team bosses and with all kinds of people surrounding the sport. So hmm. I've really gotten into it. Um, last year was my first full season watching every race. And then this year as well as my my second year watching every race so mm -hmm. far. So at this point in the year, we're like mid-July, there's been 10 races. And I think there's going to be 20 three this year which is i want to say 23 something like that it, it's the highest number of races ever in an f1 mm. calendar year so is there a reason for that like why would they do more then i think it's becoming more popular ah uh, yes okay and there's other cities that want to bring f1 like this year is the first year in a long time that there's going to be a race held in vegas oh, okay so they're actually closing down for the first time ever. They're closing down part of the strip. To oh, run, wow. To run these cars down the strip. Wow. Which is something else. They had yeah. a Grand Prix in Vegas years ago, I think in the 70s or 80s, but it was just in a giant parking lot. Gotcha. And it would start at like one corner and then wrap all the way around. And then it would just be like S's and like switch oh, back okay. through the whole parking lot until it eventually went around again. Right. And it, it was... A pretty terrible race, apparently. Like hmm. bad pavement, and it kept chipping up, and hmm. gravel and rock getting slung everywhere. It was pretty bad, and it was hot as hell too. So, are they? Do they create a racetrack just like using existing streets? Then, yeah. So, so they do what's called a street circuit. So, there's several cities mm. in the world, um, like Baku in Azerbaijan is a street uh -huh. circuit, and there's photos of like race weekend versus just a normal traffic weekend, and okay. it's it's quite different. They add quite a lot of infrastructure 
to the areas that they have the racetrack in to get it up to like the safety regulations for right. a race weekend. Right, right, right. But, and then there's other tracks like the one last weekend in Britain was at Silverstone. And that track is like a proper track sort of out in the countryside. And it's it, it's a formulated racetrack like for this uh, for this format of racing. Okay. So it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm just going to start with like basic history, maybe go through some of the some of what a race weekend looks like. Um, yeah, all that info. So let's jump in. So let's do F- it. F1 is a global sport. It truly is a global sport. A lot of countries around the world host races throughout the year. Um, a lot of drivers come from all over the world. Um, the companies that manufacture the vehicles come from all over the world as well. A lot of mm-hmm. them in Europe for sure, but mm-hmm. currently there's like one Canadian driver on the grid. There's one Australian driver. There's mm. the first time, I think two seasons ago, the first time there was a Chinese driver ever oh, cool. on the grid. And so he's still racing this year. So it is truly a global sport. Um, it's been around since 1950. So it's over 60 years old now. Um, some of these cars at this point in its history, some of these cars can reach top speeds of up to 370 kilometers an hour. Oh my gosh. Like these cars go blindingly fast. They're unbelievable. That's and scary. The G-forces that these drivers will endure no kidding. get up to like, you know, G5 level G-forces. Wow. Uh, which is like fighter pilot level yeah, yeah, yeah. forces. It's pretty incredible. Um, F1 is also a team sport. So currently there are 10 teams. Each team puts two drivers on the grid with a total of 20 drivers on the grid. Um, each team designs and manufactures their own cars as well. And each team will have a full team of mechanics and engineers to build and service the vehicles in their factories and on track at a race weekend. Mm-hmm. Um and so the cars are sort of set up, I mean, really, they are set up the opposite way of an airplane. So where where the wing of an airplane is designed to give lift mm-hmm. to the aircraft as the wind and the air flows over and under the wing, mm-hmm. it provides lift. Mm-hmm. These cars are meant to do completely the opposite. So as oh. the air goes over the vehicle, it really forces that vehicle down onto the ground. Oh, interesting. So every angle of this car is designed to get what's called downforce to really glue that car right to the ground to get the most amount of grip and control as you're going around these corners at g forces up to like g5 right um so there's a lot of engineering and a lot of history and a lot of um a lot of brilliant minds putting together their mental and financial resources to build these vehicles every year just to get that that little sliver of a tenth of a second off of their lap times. Hmm. It's That's pretty crazy. incredible. Yeah, a Grand Prix weekend. So I think this year there's 23 races. So 23 Grand Prix all over the world. Um, there's one in Montreal, so there is a Canadian one. There's yeah. three in the States. There's a bunch throughout Europe. Um, one in Australia. So they're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the whole Grand Prix weekend is a weekend of three days. So it starts with Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. So Friday is what's called practice, where the teams will bring their cars to the track, come with a specific aerodynamics package for that race. Um, and depending on the track, if it if it's a lot of really tight corners, mm-hmm. then they'll have certain aerodynamic setups for the tighter corners if it's really long wide sweeping corners like what was at the previous race in britain at silverstone Mm -hmm. that race has a lot of really high speed corners that are quite wide Mm -hmm. so the aerodynamics package for different races is very dependent on those tracks track type yeah so practice on the friday is divided up into several sections but the purpose of practice is to essentially fine-tune the setups for each track specifically to get the performance out of the car for that specific track gotcha um qualifying is on the saturday so qualifying is a a whole three-part knockout session against the clock so the fastest driver starts at the front in pole position with all the subsequent drivers lining up behind them all the way back from P1 at pole position all the way back to P20. Okay. So they will start with all 20 cars being out on track at the same time. You get all the cars going around the track, just trying to get the fastest lap that they can. And then the five slowest cars in that first session called Q1, the five slowest are knocked out of qualifying. And they so can't race. They, no. Well, no, they, they become the final five on the grid. Oh, okay. And then Q2 begins and you have the 15 cars right. at that point. And then they do another qualifying round to try and get the fastest time. The five slowest drivers of that qualifying session become P15 up to P10. Okay. Sorry, P11. No. How does it go? 20? Yeah. So it's... It's 20 through 16 are the first five slowest, and then 15 through 11 are the second five slowest. Gotcha. And then Q3 is the 10 fastest, and they're trying to get pole position. Um, so that will determine your place on the grid for the Grand Prix, which is on the Sunday. Right. Okay. So then at that point, um, the actual Grand Prix is a race of three of either 305 kilometers or a time limit of two hours. Again, where the cars can reach speeds of up to 370 kilometers an hour. So they're actually using their max speeds. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. It's pretty unbelievable. And there's a balance that they have to strike as well because and this gets into like the tires and the pit stops. Right. Um, if they're really like flat out driving the cars the entire time they're going to burn through those tires a lot quicker. right right right. so the drivers have to be really good about maintaining pace while also balancing the tire wear so that right. they're not just shredding through their tires because they want those tires to last for the whole 305 kilometers hmm. um there's another format that they've also introduced within the last few years called the sprint and so the mm-hmm. sprint will at least last year, the sprint was determined. It, it's a it's a race of a hundred kilometers where the grid place for the sprint is determined through qualifying. Okay. And then your sprint finishing positions will determine your placement for the Grand Prix. Um, so this year they've changed it up a little bit. Where qualifying on the Saturday still de- still determines your grid placement for the final Grand Prix. 
but then the sprint has now what's called a sprint shootout. Okay. So it's sort of a mini qualifying for a sprint race. And then the sprint race is only 100 kilometers. So it's a third of the race length and there's no requirement for a pit stop. Right. For the sprint. That's the other main difference. Um, I guess being a shorter. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So it's a shorter race. So they can really, there is the option if you need to, or if you have, you know, if you're really having trouble, you can switch your tires, mm-hmm. but it's probably better not to. So just grab one set of tires, make it last the hundred kilometers and hope for the best. Hmm. Um, but then the other thing about the sprint shootout, and this also relates to the Grand Prix weekend or the actual Grand Prix race, the sprint shootout and the Grand Prix race, you can earn what's called points for yourself as a driver and for your team. So the main way that a driver becomes, you know, a world champion is by getting the most points out of any other driver on the grid. And then that driver will also earn points for their team based on however many points they win. Okay. So currently, um, and I know it's it's waffled a little bit, but the, uh, let me see, from first place, which is the winner of the race, all the way down to 10th place is sort of the pocket where you earn points. Anything lower than that, you don't earn any points. And so you don't earn any benefit for your team. So the the winner of the race would get 25 points. Second place would get 18 and then third place is 15, and then it's all the way down to 10th place, so like 12 points, 10 points, 8 points, 6 points, 4 points, 2 points, and then finally P10 is 1 point. So anything P11 and lower, you don't get any points. So there's always this struggle to get into the points and to earn points for your team. And is that, sorry, are you just getting points based off of how you place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you get points at the end of the race when the checkered flag comes out. That's when you start accumulating your points. Gotcha. But depe- depending on your position as you finish, that's when you start getting your points. Right. Okay. Um, so for a sprint race, you can earn some championship points as well. And then for the Grand Prix, like that's the big money points, but mm-hmm. you can earn points for the sprint too. Gotcha. Speaking of like tire strategy too, for each race, um, all the tires for a Grand Prix or for a race are provided by Pirelli. So mm. Pirelli is like the mm-hmm. tire provider for the whole, for all of Formula One. Mm-hmm. And so Pirelli has five different compounds of hardness or softness. And then there's like an intermediate and a wet tire as well, depending if it's raining or not. Right. But those ones are more specific to if it's raining. The the tires, I think they start at C1 and they go all the way up to C5. And, oh, I got to f- actually figure this out. Um, but the, the C1 tire. Um, I had Pirelli's on my golf. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're driving them official. Those official mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. F1 tires. Okay, so yeah, the C1 is the hardest compound that Pirelli has. And then okay. the C5 is the softest compound. Okay. So the hardest compound will 
obviously last a lot longer, but you won't get as much grip. Right. And then the softer compound, you'll get a lot more grip, but it'll wear out quicker. Mm. So depending on what the race is, depending on the temperatures, the FIA, which is the governing body of the whole sport, will select um, either the C1 up to C3 as like the hard to soft compounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Or for a different race, they can even start at C3, which would be the harder compound, and then go up to C5. So that C3 could be the soft tire for one race and the hard tire for another race, mm, depending wow. on where it, yeah. it lies. Yeah. But it's it's sort of a sliding scale of yeah. either C1 to C3 or maybe C2 to C4 or C3 to C5 as your compounds. So the interesting bit with the compounds of the tires is that when you get into your pit stops, each team is required to pick a different tire compound than the one that they started the race on. So they have to use two different tires throughout the course of a race. Okay. So one thing that you'll hear during a race a lot is, you know, what's this team's tire strategy or what's their pit stop strategy. Uh huh. And that refers to, both um, what tire they start on and then what tire they switch to at what point in the race. Hmm. And so along with strategy, there's also the number of pit stops that a team can do. So if they're trying to do a one-stop strategy, they could maybe start on a medium tire to get a little more grip, to Mm -hmm. last a bit longer. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, if they get ahead of the other drivers, then they can come in for a pit stop, switch out for the hard tire, and then make that tire last throughout the rest of the race. Right. Hmm. But it's all very dependent on what other teams are doing, what the track conditions are like, um, what other drivers are doing on the grid as well. It's it's very dependent mm-hmm. on that. But the tire strategies is a really interesting part of the race. Um like from from top to bottom. So I guess and I guess if someone thought that they had a really fast pit crew, then if they saw that most people were going in for a pit stop, they might also go in for a pit stop because they know they can get it done faster or would they still yes. try to prolong it? Um it's more about like it's more about when when is a good time to come into the pits based mm-hmm. on where you are in the grid placement? Also gotcha. keeping in mind that all the other teams have to come in for a pit stop as well. Right. So um, typically like, the average for a pit stop is about two to like two and a half seconds. Oh, it's wow. very, very quick. It's really quick. So the average amount of time that it takes for a pit stop to actually happen is about 20 seconds or so because you have to come off the track and then slow down in the pit lane, get to your right stop, get to your yeah. pit box, get your tires changed and then go back out. And that's about a 20 second amount of time. Mm. Each course or each track is a little bit different on that, but it's on average about 20 seconds or so. Wow. And so if, if you're in the lead, like there was a race a few weeks ago in Austria where the Dutch driver driving for Red Bull this year, Max Verstappen, was in the lead by 24 seconds on his last few laps. Mm. And so he was already going to win the race. He wanted to do um, what's called the fastest lap and get an additional point. Uh, so he pitted 
on his second last or th- or actually maybe his last lap to get the soft tires to get more grip so mm-hmm. he he wasn't worried about the longevity of the tire he just wanted to get more grip and more speed out of the car so he was 24 seconds in the lead he comes in for a pit stop gets the soft tires put on does his final lap and then ends up grabbing the last point for the fastest lap wow um, so he got 26 points for Holy. that race he won the 25 points for first place and then he also picked up the fastest lap point right but it's just a bonus point that can be assigned to anyone in the top 10 um but yeah that that was sort of his call too it it was kind of an interesting call that he was that far ahead and yeah no kidding win the race and it was a bold move of him to do it but he trusted his mechanics enough to come in to to do the quick yeah uh, for that tire change out wild it's it's something else it's quite the sport but uh yeah so at at the end of at the end of a season the championship is is divided into the driver's championship and then the constructor's championship so the driver's championship obviously is the driver with the most points at the end of the season mm-hmm. and then the constructor's championship is awarded to the team with the most points throughout the season. So with the with the drivers championship also in tandem with the constructors, mm-hmm. you have this weird dynamic where it's a team sport because you have two drivers per team. So currently um like for example, Red Bull has Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez mm-hmm. as their drivers. And the two of them are currently in the lead for the most points out of all the other drivers on the grid. Oh, wow. But Max Verstappen is just dominating again this year. He's already a two-time world champion. And Perez is his teammate who's now behind him by 99 points. But Red Bull, as a team, currently are leading the Constructors' Championship by quite a big margin. Okay. And within that, you have these two drivers that are currently first and second place in the drivers' championship that are trying to compete against each other, even though they're on the same team. So you have this weird dynamic where each team, each of the 10 teams, is trying to compete with each other to get the drivers' championship, but the drivers on each team are competing with each other. So you have this weird dynamic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, There's competition amongst the teams and right there's also competition within each team right but depending on, on where it is on, on how it works like with where the drivers are each at in the constructors right or where the drivers are each at with the driver's championship then it, it can be different for each team but it's, right it's different like every year is different every season is different every team is different right um this i don't like I'm sure, yeah, because it's F1, isn't it? Ford versus Ferrari. Isn't that F1? Uh, oh, no. That was all about... Oh, what was it? I didn't actually see that movie. You haven't? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really I, good. I quite I enjoyed it. To. I think it was something about the the Shelby Cobra, like Ford developing the Shelby Cobra as totally. like a faster car than the Ferraris or but something it's like, like that. But they are in a race. Like they are doing a race. Like there's, and there's one race specifically that they do um, that like you, it goes through the night. Like you have to like keep, 
there's not like a break in like a day or anything like that. Like it literally is like a 24 hour race or something. Oh, really? Um, it's, I feel like it starts with an M. Um, but anyways, mm. I was just wondering if there was, cause, um, the two Ford drivers, like I remember there being a part of that whole bit that you just said with the constructors and the, um, drivers, um, Oh, the, yeah, 24 Hours of Le Mans. Of Le Mans. Okay. Yeah, it's in France. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of that. But I I mean, it's not but an it's, F1 thing, so I'm not surprised. Right. <laughs> I just, yeah, I wonder what the similarities are. You should watch it. I'm surprised you haven't being should, an actually. F1 guy. I know it's not F1 now, but um, like I think that there's probably a lot of crossover I'm, I'm sure there is. It's so my brother-in-law um is super into F1 also. Um like him and a bunch of his like guy friends, they all get together at the crack of dawn to watch a bunch of the races together and they'll like have oh, pan- pancakes that like they're pretty dedicated. Like they'll, they'll um, watch it live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like that's crazy. Four o'clock in the morning. I I know oh. for sure. Um, but um, oh shoot, what was I gonna say about it though? <laughs> oh, he just he really enjoyed like Ford versus Ferrari, I think is one of his favorite movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know it was nominated for a few Oscars that year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I should definitely watch that one. But like speaking of the of the team or I guess the teammate competitions, there's been a lot of like bitter rivalries between teammates over the years. Like a notable one is Hamilton versus Rosberg. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a ton about it because I wasn't watching F1 at that point, but um, Hamilton, so he's he's a British driver, Lewis Hamilton. He's currently a seven-time world champion, mm. which is only matched by like Michael Schumacher. Oh, wow. And he's broken a lot of Michael Schumacher's records as well. Mm. But the two of them are the only ones that are even close to each other as far as number of world championships per driver like they're Hmm. each at seven world championship but there was this rivalry that went on between hamilton and his teammate nico rosberg and the amount of crashes that they would get into and the fights on and off track and they were like neck and neck in points during during the whole season like it was pretty brutal it was really really brutal and even still, like to this day, people will talk about Nico versus Lewis and this hmm. and that. And it, it's something else. But the the rivalries that can happen between the drivers on the same team. It right. Quite frequently. Yeah, I believe it. Which you, you wouldn't think. But so, yeah, like the the rivalries that can happen on track with different drivers are pretty intense. And then you get rivalries between different teams all vying for different positions in the constructors championship and depending on where you land in the constructors championship at the end of the year you also get prize money for each of your levels so if you win the constructors you get like crazy amounts of money and then that money gets smaller and smaller until the last team and they get like some but not very much um so it's quite a it's obviously quite an expensive sport because these cars are like millions of dollars to produce and manufacture and upgrade and keep up every race and every year it's uh, it's a very obviously very 
expensive sport. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Um, I wonder what their insurance is like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like just like to be a driver. Like I just can't even like insurance on the vehicle, but like also insurance, like as a human, like how, cause you could get severely injured. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's contracts that they sign for that kind of stuff. If you yeah. have crashes and crashes happen, like mm-hmm. they do last year at Silverstone after the first corner, like right off the starting line, there was, um, and it'll often happen at the beginning of a race. Like if a crash is going to happen, it'll happen within the first lap or two because the cars are so close to each other and they're all, so aggressively competitive trying Mm. to overtake each other and gain positions Mm -hmm. on the first before the first corner of the race coming right off of the first straight um the chinese driver joe guan yu he contacted i think it was um russell like george russell who was one of the mercedes drivers Mm -hmm. their wheels touched and the way that the wheels spin to each other when they're contacting, he like flipped upside down and skidded all the way down the end of the lane, hit the uh. gravel, skidded through the gravel and then hit the barrier and his car fully flipped, like barrel rolled over the barrier. And in between the, there's like, um, I think they're called Armco barriers or the Tech Pro barriers. It's like these these big sort of foamy barriers that they'll stack up in layers before oh, wow. they, yeah. for a fence. And then the fence is the last thing to protect right. the, the onlookers or the, the people in the stands like watching the race. Mm-hmm. So you can look it up. Um, I actually you know what I'm going to post a link to do it. Yeah. Shows to Joe's crash in the comments of this episode because it is wild I believe it so this reminds me um it's like a tangent a bit but um so I used to work with a kid um who has autism and heavily heavily invested in the Pixar movie cars like loves cars oh really loves it I would be interested to know if he has like gravitated towards f1 in any way um Granted, this was like probably four or five years ago now, but no, not that long ago. Anyways, um, but he he had like little cars, um, like the little toy cars of every car from the movie. Um, oh, cool! But like, not just every car, but they like they started selling cars. So when Lightning McQueen, um is like he changes to the other team when he you know gets picked up by like another car sponsor or whatever and he they paint him blue for a little while so then he's got the blue lightning mcqueen um and then like little things like he had a car it was when lightning mcqueen um was in one of his races and gets covered in like a bunch of mud. And so he's got the mud covered lightning McQueen. Like he has literally every single car from the movie that you could probably ever get. Um, all the different Iron Man suits from all the different seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so then not only does he have all of the cars, but his favorite thing to do when I was working with him was to reenact different scenes from the movie Um, particularly the crashes. So he would have like the two cars that were involved in a crash and he'd be like, he would be like, um, 
the like the announcer for the race and he would go through and like if you hit play on the movie side by side to him reenacting it it was like like turn by turn flip by flip like he had everything so well rehearsed so well memorized um that like you didn't ever need to turn the movie on to watch it (laughs) (laughs) because yeah it was so cool and so one year um for because the school always has like a um silent auction fundraiser and so one year he got into when I first started working with him he like barely would pick up a pencil um he didn't want to write he didn't want to draw he didn't want to do anything but by the time I was done working with him he discovered that he really liked to draw on his parents tablet um and so they got him like the drawing pen and and he took up drawing so much he created um, pieces of artwork. I'll take a picture and we can post it on our stories, but cause I was given one of them. Um, so he did a whole bunch of these different drawings of these different crashes, um, okay. had them printed and put them in frames for the silent auction. It was really cool. So I, wow. I just re I rediscovered mine the other day and I can't remember which one, um, I have, but it's like, it's like the lightning McQueen. I don't know. I, I'd have to look at it, but it's really cool. So it just reminded me. Brilliant. Yeah quite a brilliant kid like very 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 cool so anyways wow side note side note. Well, i i was watching a video about um like the history of f12 and if you look back at the cars that they were racing in the 50s mm. they were like little tubes mm-hmm. and they had like a wooden steering wheel mm-hmm. and it was a guy with like a leather cap mm-hmm. and goggles on yeah and there were no safety features yeah. in any of these cars mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of people a lot of drivers would die in mm-hmm. the cars because of these crashes. I believe it. That would happen. And it was sort of the assumption at the time, like if you're getting behind the wheel, there's a good chance you might not get out of the car. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. And so there were there were several incidents, like incidents where a car would flip off the track and go into the stands and it killed like 80 people or mm. something in one of these races. It was wow. unreal. So the FIA, which is the the governing body of Formula One, so mm-hmm. FIA stands for um, Fédération de Internationale de la Automobile, something like that. Very good French. Super super good French. Le Fédération. <laughs> <laughs> Channel your inner. Uh, um, oh, I don't even know who that sounded like for a moment. Um, oh, it's um, from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, Lumière. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Le Fédération, le Fédération de Internationale de l'Automobile. Uh-huh, n'est-ce pas? Um, uh-huh, but the oui, FIA, at some point, they had to say, like, okay, there's too many people dying. Yeah. <laughs> we got to introduce some safety measures. Mm-hmm. So the cars started getting more and more robust, and there were certain standards put into place, and the latest really big update to these cars was the introduction of something called the halo. So if you look at cars in, I want to say even like five, six years ago, it was just the car. And then it was like this big hood behind them. It was like a big hole behind the, the driver's head that would allow air to be taken into the engine. Okay. And then all the fins and all the wings and everything on it. But now when you look at these F1 cars, they have, this thing called a halo which is one so if you're if you're looking at 
like from the position of a driver in the car, they've got the steering wheel in front yeah. of them. Yeah. And then right in the middle of their viewpoint, they have this piece coming out from the front of the car that then connects to a ring that sort of surrounds their head. And oh, interesting. It's like a semicircle. So um definitely like if if you're listening along to this and you're curious, just look up like Formula One Halo and you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's like a three point contact ring essentially that surrounds the driver's head mm-hmm. that protects them from injuries on the head. Um and so going back to this crash with Zhou Guan Yu it would have been really bad for him in that crash if he didn't have a halo. Like, really bad. Like, he could have honestly been killed if there wasn't a halo protecting his head mm. during that crash. Because the whole, the car was sliding upside down across this gravel strip wow. for a while before wow. it even hit the barrier. And then subsequently flipped over the barrier. Like, it was something else. When was this? Crash. This was recent? This was last year at oh, wow. Silverstone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking up as well, the amount of drivers that have died in F1 is 52. Wow. 52 drivers since the 50s. Have died. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. 15 drivers during the 50s, 14 in the 60s, 12 in the 70s, um, 4 in the 80s, 2 in the 90s, and then 1 in the 21st century. And that 21st century one, I think was in 2014 okay yeah so it's pretty ruthless no kidding Uh, obviously the need for safety measures like that is very very important but uh yeah crazy stuff crazy crazy stuff but it's it is quite the sport honestly Mm -hmm. Um, i've been meaning to get into it i've been meaning to get into it i i do my mom has started watching it too which is slightly hilarious to me but um and my sister (laughs) my sister just texted me saying that she can almost she can name almost any driver or she's she says she can name all the drivers and she's only watched two races so she's very (laughs) very proud of herself for her memorization skills but um that's something that i really like about it is you know with something like hockey or football you've got probably 20 people per team and there's probably 20 teams right totally way too many people to keep track of so the fact there's only 10 teams and two drivers there's 20 dudes that's all i have to know totally <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. way easier mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like a cool sport i've i yeah i do i don't think i could get as invested deeply into it but i think that i could probably enjoy it to a certain extent or have it like as one of those things as playing in the background or whatever you know like sure, yeah. i don't know if i could sit down and be like okay we're watching the race. Like again, my brother-in-law who gets up at like four o'clock in the morning sometimes and is like, let's eat some pancakes and watch these people race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems I, like I would a say cool for thing. Anyone that wants to get into it, just watch the Netflix series. Yeah. Really good introduction to how the sport works. What yeah. Race weekend looks like you get to meet some of the drivers. You get interviews with a lot of the drivers, the team principals, the mm-hmm. owners. Um, there's, there's a lot of stories that happen. Like one story that happened just this last week on the grid is that there was a Dutch driver who started with a team this year, Alpha Tauri. And uh, the driver's name is Nick DeVries. Mm-hmm. And he did a substitute spot for a driver that wasn't able to drive last season. 
mm-hmm. uh, for another team called Williams. So he drove a Williams car and he got points in his F1 debut driving that car as a oh, wow, which is pretty rare. You don't mm-hmm. see that very often. So everyone was really excited to have him on a team. So Alpha Tauri had him on a team. He was really, really underperforming for the first 10 races of this season. And mm. Alpha Tauri have axed him. Oh, wow. And they've now signed back another driver that was driving last year, um, Daniel Ricardo. Okay. So he's he's back on the grid this year. He is... And this is another like weird team dynamic thing. So Red Bull is currently like the biggest team right now. They're doing the best in the constructors championship, but Red Bull has Red Bull owns Alpha Tauri. Okay. So Red Bull is like the big daddy team. And then Alpha Tauri is like the little brother team. It's sort of like an A team B team thing. Like people on Alpha Tauri can often get into Red Bull seats if they perform well enough. Um, so it's an entry into that top team, essentially. So there was a lot of hopes for Nick DeVries. He wasn't delivering. They got Daniel Ricardo. Um, so that's that's just something that's happened in this last week, right? So stories like that kind of happen all year as drivers change teams. They get drivers taken off the grid. New drivers get brought in. Like there are three rookies this year. Hmm. Um, there's people that have left the sport, the people that will retire, right? Um, all that kind of stuff. So there's a constant shuffling of drivers, mm-hmm. and especially when you go from like one team to another team, right? There can be really weird dynamics that way. So it, it's certainly interesting. But all that to say, Drive to Survive is a really good way of understanding all the dynamics of what the sport can look like, right? And then just how the sport functions in general. So it's certainly, it's a very comprehensive understanding. Mm-hmm. Of- Must be why my mom is obsessed now. Because that's the show she started watching for sure. Yeah. 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 So 10 out of 10 would recommend. I'm I'm also going to post like probably two other videos in the comments on this episode. Just about like this is a little five minute. Mm-hmm. Here's what a Formula One weekend looks like. Or this is the history of F1 or some, something like that. I'll find a few videos to post in there for anyone else that's curious, but I would say definitely watch uh, drive to survive. If you're, if you're really, if you're really curious, want about to, it. yeah. Want to yeah. know more. Um, question for you. Mm. What is it now on your bucket list to go and see a race in I person? I would love to go see a race. Yeah. 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 The tickets are pretty expensive for it, mm-hmm. but again, it is a full three day weekend event. Mm-hmm. So you're there on Friday watching the practice sessions. You're there on Saturday for qualifying. You're there on Sunday for the Grand Prix. Mm. And there's other races that happen throughout a weekend too. There's Formula 3, Formula 2. Um, I think Formula E, which is the fully electronic car races, those happen more in street circuits at different events. Mm-hmm. But that formula is also under the FIA as well. Um, there's carding events. There's all kinds of stuff that will happen throughout a whole weekend. What um, what have, would you say is like the range of price for tickets? The cheapest ticket that I was looking at, and I was curious about it last year before Montreal. Mm. The cheapest ticket that I can find was like twelve hundred dollars. Holy Moses! Okay, yeah. for the whole weekend. For the, for the, whole for the weekend. three days. Okay. Yeah. So it's not bad. Value it's a lot wise, to dump. Yeah, a lot to dump in one go. But when you yeah. think about what it is you're actually getting, then yeah, like the value of it is is probably 
pretty solid. Right. Comparatively. But then you get to races like Monaco. Yeah. Which is a really prestigious race. Like mm-hmm. to win at Monaco for these drivers is like the ultimate jewel in your crown. Right. It's it's the crown jewel of the whole It's the egot of whole season. Of racing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's it's just such an old legendary circuit and it's such tight corners and it's very thrilling and hmm. um a lot of the drivers actually live in Monaco. Oh really? Because it's it's a tax free nation. Oh they don't have taxes there. So a lot of these guys can just make buttloads of money, buy a house and live there and not have to pay tax. Pocket the rest of their money. Exactly. That sounds like a dreamy time. Maybe I should move to Monaco. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okotoks to Monaco. Let's go. <laughs> Transformational. Definitely. That's fun. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I missed on here too, but yeah. I wish Only I had more one. questions, but it's pretty cool. I I feel like I just need to go and sit in a corner and like digest everything now. Or go and watch the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least watch like, you know. Formula One for beginners and like find a okay. video. Okay, I'll make you a deal. I'll go and watch the Netflix series if you go and watch Ford versus Ferrari. Deal. Okay. Oh, yeah. For sure. Nice. Cool. cool. Well, there we go. Formula mm-hmm. One. Formula One. So that, uh, I guess that concludes the upload. Today's lesson with Jameson, our, Mr. Bruin. Which is quite, I, I guess, admittedly, it was quite a bit longer than either of us were agreeing that it would be but whoops here we are here we are yeah but um how about how about uh how about uh your download what do you got on the download oh gosh um honestly not a whole lot i'm reading a book right now oh okay i'm reading a book right now big shock or whatever um Um, i've never heard those words come (laughs) (laughs) you reading a book what um it's a jody picolt book which is like a pretty well-known author um she oh my gosh yeah a couple of her books have turned into movies but anyways um that's cool it's called yeah um my sister's keeper is one of them I'm not reading my sister's keeper right now, but my sister's keeper is one of the books that she's written that has turned into a movie. Um, anyways, devastatingly beautiful book, but this one is called wish you were here and I'm reading it on my Kobo. So I don't know how many pages I'm in, but I'm 58% (laughs) complete. I'm 58% of the way through the book. Um, and it just like turned a pretty big corner, AKA plot twist. And so I'm, I'm invested. Um, it started off and it like it the whole book takes place during COVID, which I was like, oh, oh, I don't want to read about COVID when I just lived it. <laughs> yeah, like we um, were <laughs> yeah, feels too soon. But um, I am not, I'm not one to very frequently put down a book once I've started it. Mm, um, even fair. I have to really dislike a book, um, and it's not that I dislike this book. I just yeah, it was, it's the, um, the setting and the, and the, yeah, whatever. So anyways, all of that to say, feels pretty raw, I guess. Yeah. So it, um, yeah, it took a, took a corner, turned a corner. There's my F1 reference right there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I was using my C5 tires. (laughs) There we go. I don't know. 
Um, and I'm enjoying it. It's good. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really know. We're we're really just like getting ourselves ready for camping. We're going on a big camping trip next week, so um, I don't really have a whole lot other. I downloaded a bunch of things from my Amazon cart and bought them <laughs> on Prime Day. Nice. Um, okay, mostly, what, what was, mostly what for your, camping. What were your Amazon purchases? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, most of it was for like. So we bought a trailer this summer, right? Um, yes. And so most of it was really to like get ourselves ready for trailers. So like things like a battery cover for our trailer and, cool. um, yeah. yeah, like kind of super boring stuff. But um, I got refillable pouches to make pouches for my kids um i got oh i got this um like kitchen container set like airtight kitchen container set um on prime day so that was pretty exciting for me adulting things um we got a hitch lock we got a fancy pole that helps you like jack up the trailer um we got a little barbecue we got some beach toys for the girls cute um, love it yeah that's kind of it i don't yeah Solid. am i eating anything different no <laughs> um <laughs> drinking recommendations uh haven't really oh we bought okay so we have this cute little um sea can coffee shop drink shop cookie shop thing out in Okotoks. They were at the Stampede, so I don't know if you saw them. They had one there this year. Ooh. It's called Covet Sips and Sweets. Um Oh, I think I did see that it's one. It's right by the Ferris wheel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw that one. Yeah. Um so that's that's my claim to fame because that's Okotoks an Okotoks. Represent. Yeah, that's an Okotoks <laughs> spot. Um, and they have like, yeah, they have like a little soda shop. So you pick your, they have some like pre-made things, but it's just like a bunch of flavors, um, in your drink, like in your root beer in your Dr. Pepper in your Coke in your Mountain Dew, like everything, every pop they pretty much have Sprite, seven up, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, sometimes they make them quote unquote dirty. So they put a little bit of cream in them. Um, and so we, in the last couple of weeks, we're realizing that we have gone to covet far too many times that our bank <laughs> account is suffering. And yeah. so we bought our own syrup. Um, so we have a vanilla syrup and a peach syrup. And then we've been Ooh, on this nice. like heavy, heavy root beer kick. Um, like it's pretty obscene how much root beer we've drank in the last couple of weeks. Um, with like a splash of cream. So, and we've, we've worked our way down to a half and half cream instead of a whipping cream. It is a, it's a better mix. So one pump of vanilla, one pump of peach. Matt prefers two pumps of vanilla, no peach, um, with your cup filled with root beer and then a splash of half and half cream. And she is mm, dynamite. That sounds like super decadent. I'm every once, lie. every once in a while, he puts a splash of whiskey in, but he's run out of whiskey. So, oh my dude, yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I support that. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. For so sure. that's that's been our beverage of choice over the last couple of weeks. I could eat, or I could eat, I could drink copious amounts of root beer. Like I love root beer. So much. 
I've I've never been on the root beer train. I you can't are it. missing out. Um, uh, I mean, you say that it tastes <laughs> it tastes uh, I don't know. It's just got a funk to it that I don't care for. Well, you're lost. My game. More I root beer so. for me. More <laughs> root beer for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyways, I think that's probably a book and some weird Amazon purchases and nice root beer drink from covet in my kitchen haha <laughs> beautiful mm-hmm. what about you what's your, um, your my biggest ones lately have just been stampede related mm-hmm. so i went to stampede four times mm-hmm. throughout the week so pretty good mm-hmm. feeling pretty good about that um i went and saw manchester orchestra a little bit they were they were really good i was very impressed um saw jimmy eat world and i don't really know any Jimmy Eat World, like I know the middle, like it just takes some time. Oh, yeah, okay. The middle of the right, exactly. So, Jimmy Eat World, they were terrific. I was really blown away by them, they were very good. Um, and then last night, I saw the Blue Stones, who I was really, really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Um, and then Mother Mother ate and drank all kinds of stuff. They had these Dunkaroo mini donuts this year that were just S-tier donuts. They were unbelievable. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Like the toppest of shelves. They had Is S the top of the shelf? Is S oh, on yeah. the top? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. S is supreme. That hurts super my rare. OCD. Like why wouldn't it be A, but whatever. But S is like S is above A. Okay, weird. Yeah, I don't just, like it. Just take my word for it. I'm not sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had these mini donuts that they covered in like graham cracker mm-hmm. um, dust crumbs. Yeah. Yes, and then icing sugar, and they had like a little dipping thing of mm. Dunkaroos style icing, and then they oh, put like a little Dunkaroo cookie on cute. top of it. Super cute. cute. Yeah. So I posted those on my Instagram, mm-hmm. or I guess on the on the podcast Instagram. Yeah. And uh, they were delightful and Sublime. not not diabetic friendly by any means, but I had them twice. Amazing, uh, along really, with a shot of insulin or two. Along with like so much insulin uh-huh. on, on drip, pretty well the whole week. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Yesterday, actually, my girlfriend and I went into Inglewood. Nice and. We went to Rosso, 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 yeah. And I got a well. Um, my girlfriend got a uh, like an iced latte, mm-hmm. and then I got this like grapefruit tonic and espresso. Okay. And my goodness, was it ever <laughs> good? It was the Fever Tree tonic water. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess it's. I feel like it's a tonic water, some kind of yeah, tonic. I think it is. And then their espresso over top of it and good lord was that so good hey ever refreshing huh. and light and sweet and you you wouldn't think that coffee and citrus and like sugar go well together like that but it was a good lord, combo 100 would recommend even if you just go out and buy like a four pack of tonic water and just put some coffee in with it or if you have an espresso machine at home throw a shot of espresso over it like nice nice yeah i'm not a coffee drinker but i'll take your word for it 
for sure. I'm sure you <laughs> could do the same thing with tea, right? Like you grind up your tea really fine and then you put it totally in girl. your espresso machine. Totally. Bit, right? Yes. Only one way to find out. Stay tuned for next week's download. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds gross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. I've I've also started watching a show on Amazon Prime called The Legend of Vox Machina. <laughs> okay. Which is a D&D related show. Oh, brother. So okay. It's all about um there's a really really popular podcast, D&D podcast called Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And I think the show is just based on that campaign or one of the campaigns of that podcast. Um so it's it's been very good. It's sort of an anime style animated cartoon show okay but it it's just oh it's it's beautiful and there's so many little nods to the game and so many little references and it's it's been a good show i wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as i have so that's been good i guess i didn't talk about shows oh i feel left out can i go back oh yeah okay yeah, throw a show in. Let's um go. i'm still watching life in pieces oh yes so good um so good and then matt and i started the secret invasion oh yeah yeah I yeah think two episodes in yeah yeah, yeah. i watch it with my buddy james and nice. i have been able to hang out with him for a little while so we're we gonna catch up on it this week also um so we're kind of like it's like one day we watch secret invasion because a new episode comes out and one day we're watching the hillsong documentary oh that's another one i gotta see mm-hmm. yeah it's very fascinating um yeah lots of thoughts lots of not even lots of thoughts just like i'm yeah it's quite quite uh revealing yeah 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 did you ever watch the one on discovery plus no that one is it's pretty scathing Hmm. it's something else yeah is this one on disney plus i think it's on prime oh okay Oh, I don't know, actually. I said that with not a lot of confidence, but um, oh, maybe it's on Apple TV Plus. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to look right now somewhere. I do remember watching that that first Hillsong one. I think it was like a three episode documentary series and it was quite in depth and quite, quite scathing. Yeah. And quite revealing. Like you said. Yeah really put a bad taste in my mouth for hillsong honestly it's not great not great um what is it on is it netflix it might just be like on netflix no it's not on netflix i don't know there's no way of knowing it's on either well it's on either netflix disney plus or amazon prime because that's all we have <laughs> right <laughs> one of those three <laughs> just look up hillsong yeah it'll be yeah. on there yeah, yeah. Anyways, I had to add that in. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, cool. I also, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I started watching Severance. Mm, sounds vaguely familiar. It is something else, man. It's a real noodle baker of a show. Hmm. Um, What's the premise? The premise is that there is, uh, how, it, it starts really weird and kind of eerie, but there's... It's set in this fictional world where people can undergo a medical procedure called severance. Okay. Where they get a chip put into their brain. And the chip, depending on it, 
it, it'll make more sense when you watch the show. But essentially, when you go to work, mm-hmm. your the chip in your brain will like switch your personality, so you have a new personality that's only active during work, and oh. then your your normal self is active outside of work, and it's literally spatially, um, controlled. Okay. So as soon as you pass the physical threshold of this door going into your office, mm-hmm. your work brain switches on. Hmm. And then as soon as you leave work, then you become yourself again. Weird. It's it's very interesting. I feel like huh. I'm doing a kind of not great job describing it, but the way that they like explore that core idea and really flesh it out, it's mm-hmm. it's something else. And it's yeah. quite I'd be curious to know the purpose behind wanting or needing two different personalities. Well they they explain that in yeah. that they want people to be able to work, but they don't want anyone to take the memory of what they're doing at work home with them. Oh. So you your memories are not tied when right. you switch from like your work brain to your right. not work brain. Right. So there's no memory crossover. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It it's super interesting. I'm I'm definitely not finished yet, but I, I want to finish it. I've heard a lot of good things about the show. Hmm. So. I think it's only one season right now, too. So it feels a little more approachable. Um, it is Disney Plus that Hillsong is on. Okay. Hillsong yeah. on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. I was right. You I were. Right. Well then. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll be here all week. I won't. I'm gonna leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks yeah. for teaching me about F1. And I will Report back when I have watched the Netflix series. And yeah. you will report back when you've watched Ford versus Ferrari. I shall. And I will do so on Instagram as we mm. discussed. So and Andrew and I met a little while ago and we were talking about podcast stuff and we um we kind of came up with this idea of as we're doing things that are download related, we'll just post it on the Instagram page and then say, I'm watching this show, or I'm drinking this espresso tonic, or you know, I'm drinking root beer and cream and vanilla and peach syrup for some crazy you reason. Bet I am. <laughs> and so as we're doing that kind of stuff, then we'll be posting it on the Instagram page, probably as a story. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep updated with us. Um, and then at the end of the week, we'll do like a wrap up of yeah. our downloads for the week. So around will be something to, uh, to stay tuned for on Instagram. And then let us know too. Like if, if you've watched shows like... Um, the Silsong documentary or if you've watched Severance or if you've read the books that Andrew is reading Mm -hmm. or if you've had an espresso tonic like let us know let us know where your favorite shows are where your favorite drinks are all of that we would love to know and then we can can share that with other people and let them know too teach us to teach you to teach them to teach help us help you help everyone everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) done All right. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye.